Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it. input your password. Please enable two-factor authentication. Is that a fire hydrant in five of the eight pictures? You have already used this password. Re-enter your password. I'm sorry, what is the passcode for this call? Have you forgotten your login information? You've reached your 90-day password limitation. Please put 16 characters that are all different and not a word or in descending or ascending order that also have unique characters. If you don't get this joke, then you need to listen to the last podcast. You didn't listen to the last spiteful podcast where we just it came wasn't spiteful. top rope, elbows out, Dusty Rhodes, bionic elbow in the face. Speaking of which, before we get too far, and Bobby's just going to have to delete something, but I have to sh- show John this. You may have already seen it. Oh, keep listening. This could be good. Look at Zac Efron in his new movie. Is he the Incredible Hulk? Is that that's what is it the Incredible Hulk movie? No, he is... Um, Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> Um, Who no, is he? it is Anson. Um, what's what's the guy's name? Anson, uh, the story of the band. No, no, no. Von uh, Kevin Von Eric, the, ra- the wrestler. Yeah, he's him. Kevin Von Eric is that the Ultimate Warrior? No, Kevin Von Eric was not the Ultimate Warrior. But it's pretty Where'd close. It? Actually, Efron may be bigger than him. Weird. What what made you even go there? The bionic elbow comment with Dusty Rhodes. We got to leave this on the podcast because that was a good little con- conjecture con- content. Uh, so we're back today once again with things to talk about. We're back on on schedule. Oh my gosh, it's been so- we skipped like a month. We did. You know what's weird? The um, the, you don't know this because I don't report metrics to you, even though I'm looking at the ROIs, I, uh, KPIs, ROIs, ROAs, listenership, RBIs. Uh no, PPGs. But, but what what's it? The war RPGs. The war RP. No, no RPGs. Yeah, that you like that though. Listenership didn't drop, so thank you guys. Um, I guess new people maybe discovered it, or you were just jonesing. Sunday we had like a ton of listens on Sunday. Really? Yeah, I like it. Like dozens of people listened on Sunday. Easy like Sunday morning. It's like church. Yep. Listen, hey. Choir's here, baby. They're listening. Preaching We're going to preach. We're going to preach. All right. So I know you've been uh, working on an idea, thought, thinker, thinkeration for this about as you look in your budgeting and your marketing for next year, kind of the partners you choose. Yeah. Partner's a bad word. You think it is? So so here's the thing about partners. So, you know, you and I, it's really funny because everybody assumes because of our relationship, and I understand why. That like you and I were college buddies and like, like you gave me the business or whatever, you know, it was just one of those good old boy nepotism stories, which is absolutely untrue. We knew each other in high school and it's a nepotism. No, it's not. We, we met a little bit before John went to Renaissance, but um, not only did John have to earn his position at Renaissance to be able to even hire anybody, um, we just started working together. And we became friends through that. So there is a certain amount of partnership through that, but here's the thing. Somebody said something, I really love this quote, and I can't, I haven't been able to put anything, maybe I've said on a podcast before, but it was like a vendor, vendor sells hot dogs. And I love that quote 
that like don't don't be surprised when the thing like you can't go up to the hot dog vendor and ask them for a hamburger. Like they just are going to sell you their thing. On the other end of the spectrum, it's like no, I'm your partner. I a partner has equity, and I'm sorry. I love my clients. You're a great client. I, well, actually, I do have equity in Renaissance. Yeah, but that's a different story. But to be a partner, you have to have equity. You have to have skin in the game. I think that the best vendors are really good employees. Good way of looking at it. That's the. I'm not going to show up and work for you. I'm sorry, John, if you don't pay me. Yeah. Just like an employee. And you should hold me accountable. Just like an employee. Just like an employee. And the employee should hold, same as you said, accountable yeah. to to be compensated for your skills and talents. So we jump out to partner, and I get why we use it, but you know me, I'm a you know stickler for I don't the for like the language. Called vendor, it sounds so like cold. We're not a vendor, we're a partner. When did you buy part of my company? Oh, you did. I own like a hundred shares of Renaissance. <laughs> you buy one. You should buy one share in every bank client you have, and be like, I'm a true partner. <laughs> Good. Don't know why I wouldn't. <laughs> Well, if, if you're successful and they're successful, it's probably yeah, a pretty good best, investment. Yeah, it's a kind Pay of a, me in equity and not in cash. Tried that. It's not um, It's not a good business model. It's probably also super confusing when tax season comes. Oh, trust me. <laughs> oh, trust me. So just so you know, if you're out there doing non-traditional investments, so we had a thing that we called special projects. Um, uh, one of the things that I've done, John's done a lot, is consulting to startups, yep. especially student startups. And we've done that. And we've seen some fantastic ideas. And so what we did, because they couldn't afford marketing services, is we would take a percentage of their company as equity and a board, take a board seat and give them, you know, in some cases, hundreds of thousands, at least tens of thousands, if not $100,000 worth, worth of advice, marketing, Yeah, a, a true marketing, yeah. something that would... Um, yep. Man. Oh, I K- got involved in some. It was K1s. Getting all your K1s out. I had to I've had to file a um an extension every year because I'm waiting on their K1s and they're filing extensions. When, when I passed on Uber, it hurt. Yeah. It was so I mean, they you, were like you and who who famously nah, passed on Uber? Was Gary, it Shaq Gary or Vander, somebody? Gary Vanderchek. Shaq passed on um Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah, because he was buddies with Howard Schultz. And he and he was like, he said black people don't drink coffee. And then he was like, I made a mistake. Yeah, like, but, there's, you can Google it. He said a lot of stuff like but, that. But also Shaq owns like Marilyn Monroe's likeness and like Elvis it's Presley. It's a bunch of stuff. But you can Google where he's, yeah, he, he literally says that. And he's like, hey, it was a mistake. He'd yeah. have, he'd have Matt made a Damon of money. passed on the movie Avatar that was for a time the highest grossing movie ever. May have come back when they did the re-release. It was, it was Ben Affleck that, uh, not Ben Affleck, Ben Stiller. Didn't he pass on Goodwill Hunting, I believe, or something like that? Yeah. Ben Stiller passed on Goodwill Hunting, but but it didn't make as much money. And Tom Selleck passed on Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. Yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah, he, he wouldn't leave Magnum PI to do Indiana Jones. Well, and um, probably wouldn't shave his mustache either. Who's the? Uh, uh, but but let's go back. These are I get that they're passing. It is not passing on somebody that was going to make like ten or twenty percent Sar- of the highest. Sarah Silverman. Passed on the role of the department store lady in Mad Men. John Hamm called. There's there's a whole interview where John Hamm called her up and said, "I want you to play this role of this department store owner in New York." And she passed on it because she was like, "It's AMC. I'm too big for TV." Passed on it would have been like making mailbox money for the rest of her life. And instead, the lady got it. This in Sons of Anarchy. The, the oh yeah, Maggie Sif. Yeah, Maggie got it. No, that's not Maggie. 
It is. It is. Is Maggie still? Yeah. Yeah. She's the one that got it. Okay. Anyway, just talking about passing. That, on that's how weird my IMDb directory yeah. is. I, I, would, I can call I it. And, get and it. Not that's why I was just doing the, the hand wave. Hand you'll wave. get it. You'll get it. Yeah. So I don't know where we got off from partner. But anyway, it's Vendor Sell Hot Dogs. Maybe that needs to be the title of the podcast. It'd be a book. Yeah. Vendor Sell Hot Dogs. Partners don't have equity. Partners sell. Em- employees show up when they're told. <laughs> yeah. And, and so. You know, we talk about it being an extension of somebody's team, but here's the problem, and I think this is what you're getting at. And now you said I've been working on. I've actually gave this to the Wisconsin Bankers Association. So if you if you're if you're at the conference where I spoke, you'll know what I'm about to say. And it's at about I don't know. I had to delete a bunch of slides because I it was right after the hiatus from COVID, and like I hadn't pu- publicly spoken and. Yeah. Like two years, no one had, and I I hold myself in a hotel room because I got invited to speak to Wisconsin bankers. I said I don't want to retread something. Like I want to come back out with something new and something that's really like pithy and meaningful to me. Spiteful too. Yeah, well, you know me, y'all listen to the podcast. But it was, <laughs> are you buying what your vendors are selling, or what your customers need? And I think if we sit with that statement for a minute, we're going to be like, oh, oh no, I think that our industry is one of the most acceptable to vendor influence. The, well, the problem anyway, starts with copycat. And yeah. someone says, well, I sold this to bank ABCD. Your bank needs it too. And then you FOMO out and go, well, yeah, we, we got to have that too. And then you go buy something. You didn't need it. It didn't work. But you're, you're strapped with it for two or three years. I can give you, I won't call any companies out, but I can, I have three or four literal top of mind examples that I will share with red, you after the podcast. Red peanut. <sighs> Didn't do that one. But there are a lot that that some other people came back from if you get if you get the reference, because we're going to leave that one in, email me directly at joshamabesagency.com. <laughs> oh, another product placement. Yeah. Best make marketing firm you'll never need. Hey, I will say this. Talk about best. It's been a good week. Really? Yes. For you? Yes. Okay. For all my interest. Tennessee is number one in the college football playoff poll. Nice. Number one. We'll see how that happens. We'll see what happens when they play Georgia. Honey Mukhtar, which by the time you hear this, they will have played Georgia, so you'll see if I'm depressed or happy. Uh, Honey Mukhtar was the MVP of the MLS. Has runs on his chest. club, wears on his chest. Walker Zimmerman was named to the best 11 in soccer. On the Where's national team. And, the and he makes and is making the World Cup team playing in November yep. in Qatar. Also, a second player, Shaq Moore, is in the last throes of maybe making it. I don't know that he will. He wears runs on maybe his chest. I was named Bragg Hit the Bells CMO of the bank this yeah. week. So, chief marketing officer. So, you've got that. Is that what that stands for? I, it, it's, I guess. I guess that's what it means. I you, think it's more money, more Your problems. boss told me circus monkey on site. That is probably about how I dance for everybody that calls me. Dance, monkey, dance. So there's that. By the way, I sort of let everybody know I made that acronym up on the spot. Just and why is it on a text message from ten minutes ago? Well, that's you know, don't don't tell me six. So there's my daughter was on the homecoming court at high school and has won her first two soccer games of the season. Son is getting ready for a big tournament. Little boy, the little one had a great Halloween. Like everything. It was a good week for John. I'm happy for you, John. It was a good week for John. I'm happy for you, John. But like... Kind of the opposite of my week. How was my high school number one? High school... Well, it feels like it. My college number one in football after 20 years of like not even ranking. Yeah. 
guy that wears our shirt, number one. We signed a new golfer on the PGA Tour. Not saying who it is, but we're about to do a press release on that. Like, a lot of good's going on right now. Nice. I'm just saying. Congratulations. Professional. Yeah. Marketing-wise, it's been a good week. So thank you to all those partners out there that have helped me reach. How many? Tell me. Start name names. How many people helped you do that? Well, the bank that I work for. Yeah, that one's. Yeah, that's not. That's not partner. That's wife that I'm married. That's a partner. She's domestic partner. Yeah. Uh, Mavis Agency. Okay, I'll take it. That's partner. You vested. Yeah. You in? I'm in. Uh, And a lot of luck. Yeah. A lot of just just timing. Yeah. So it's been a good week. Thanks to what's, what's it, Ian for recruiting Hani Mukhtar. Ian Ayers and uh, Mike Jacobs for recruiting Hani uh, Mukhtar and signing Walker Zimmerman, LAFC, for selling him to the team for $3 million. Yeah. They gave him a warm welcome, welcome uh, when we went back and out. And Walker, thank you for being ambassador for our brand. Yeah. So, yeah, good week. I just want to throw some positivity in there. Like, it's a good week. Cool. Lots of good stuff happening. Yeah. All the way around. Celebrate. I'm drinking a beer right now. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Yep. I celebrated by going to work harder. Anyway, so back to the vendor-partner relationship. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's just a question I think we all need to ask. You know, a lot of people are pitching us. I think I think we may be full of add-ons, bolt-ons, tack-ons that don't provide as much value as things our customers actually really want or clients because, you know, everybody's particular about that word for some reason or those two words. But, and not to go back to our last podcast, but I like the topic. Like, we still aren't doing the things we need to do basically to get there. And let me get on the pet peeve trail again. Yeah, let's do that. I think everyone can know if they look at my resume, they would know I'm probably a center to right politically balanced person. And so what I'm going to say is going to sound a little odd and no one wants to touch on politics of stuff on here, but like, is direct mail the worst marketing for the environment there is out there? The worst marketing for the environment. It's a weird thing to think about, but when 98% of it is trash and is cut from trees and ink and oil that does whatever it does and the energy used to make it, part of me is like, if we're going to do all this ESG reporting that we have to do, has anyone talked about direct mail as like a thing that super may impact it? If you take the compounded combination of all, that's a good alliteration, by the way, of all the uh, direct mail that business uses, and 98% of it fails. Well, yeah. It's massive. Then times that by the fact that you have, I don't know, 20,000, whatever it is that work for, 50,000 work for the post office that are driving cars that burn fossil fuels every day. And now I'm sounding like an environmentalist. I'm really not that much of an environmentalist. Well, throw it back to the other side. It's like, why, why if we're supposed to adopt electric cars, why is the, I, why is the post office not adopted them yet? Well, price and capacity. Investment and, yeah. But, but point being is, does anyone ever think about that? You're mailing out hundreds of thousands, millions of pieces of mail that go straight from the post, off, from the post office box to your trash can. Yeah. And someone has to drive to deliver it. It's useless. It's nothing but waste. Well, and no one approaches it that way. Well, I disagree. John hates direct mail. I don't hate direct mail. I hate it, but I hate it because it's such a bad tactic that, yes, it will work on the a poorly used tactic. It it's, is, it's one of the but most now poorly... I'm kind of turning towards this like, what a waste environmentally. Eh, poorly thought out direct mail, poorly executed direct mail, absolutely. But I mean, we did just send out a campaign that kind of kicked the. Oh, 
I'm not saying we don't do it. No, I'm just saying. I mean, but I mean, we sent out one that was very effective. It was not 98% waste, but 98% of the volume of it, certainly, because the people have figured out the formula of, well, one or 2%, they've accepted that formula. How did I pivot to this weird conversation? I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you are both as right as you've ever been and as wrong as you've ever been at the same time. I feel like Bill Burr over here. Yeah. Just throwing um, stuff out, and you're like, are you sure you want to go there? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, Just something to talk about. But really, I mean, we did a campaign that was incredibly targeted with a good gift, and it was it was, it was was successful enough that other banks asked us to stop doing it. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I got emails. That's when you know you're— um, I got emails. Yeah. Um, how dare you email? How dare, dare you mail my client a gift? Oh, okay. Why don't you give your client a gift? Yeah. Partner? <laughs> Not a partner. Vendor? Uh, how about this mail I brought in today? I got today. I got mailed to me another pair, successful pair of weird looking socks. And I guess since I'm talking about it, maybe it was successful. A pair of socks that look like hundred dollar bills, like printed on them. And the note in there said, let us help knock your socks off with your next campaign and sent me a pair of socks. It should have sent you a big block of cheese. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some wine with that, too. But, uh, but yeah, so. No, you got the wine. Would you like some socks? No, thanks. They don't have a, they're there. This would have been much better for video to show these. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know, man. Oh, here, here's what I'll say about your vendor relationship is. But but look, the, the, no, speak to like how many things you've seen and how many times you've seen people just be completely duped into believing there was a problem and buying a solution for a problem that did not exist. How many times have you seen that? Oh, all the time. And I think like it's just convinced there's this problem. Well, and so what happens is, is then banks adopt these really onerous and hard to do contractual committees that you have to run everything through 85 times. And it stagnates, if that's the right way to say it, uh, your progress because decisions are made due to FOMO. And we're missing out because we don't have a, well, marketers a have click this on out. calendar app on the bottom of our website that 100 people might have clicked through to set up an appointment with a banker at some point. Or a video that personalizes a message to somebody that they know over LinkedIn because, yeah, like just this stuff that's like so niche and so small and so like on the like just margin successful. And yet everyone's just, let's just throw all this money because we're missing out on everything. When I'm like, just fix your transfers, fix your website, fix the ability to move money around, fix yeah. the ability. You mean just banking? Just just banking. The easy stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny to me because the, the probably most successful marketing tactic for a bank is to tell, and it's not necessarily the bank marketer. So audience, you can share this podcast with the people that do this within your bank, likely bank presidents and things like that. The easiest way for a media company to sell something to a banker, to a banker, and we're not bankers, we're bank marketers, is to say, well, every other bank's, bank's doing in it. it. Yeah. Oh, I could have finished your sentence for you. There, there certainly is that FOMO. Well, well XYZ Bank's in it. They bought a full-page ad. Well, damn, I guess I better. I, I often tell my bankers as much as I love them and they're the reason I'm employed, if you come to me and say, well, every other bank is in it, then that's a good reason for us not to be. Yeah, let them waste their money on that publication. Book of list. I didn't say it. 
but it is my pet peeve. The book of lists is just a, it's just a, a phone book. It's the, it, it's I, a phone book. I, I made a comment, and if if you're listening to the Hold person, on, I need to call somebody. Let me get my book of lists out from my desk. It's, um, I said that book of lists is the is the worst advertising by next to the yellow pages. Maybe worse because at least yellow pages is by like I could look up like plumber. I just I've. I don't even know what the book of list purpose is other than for no, to somebody to make money. Yeah. Sell advertising. For somebody. Top 40 under 40? You think it's this like great thing? You know what's weird? It is so weird. That you say, I thought about this that this morning on the way to work because there was a billboard congratulating somebody for 40 under 40. And they were like, they had like a, basically a one step above a, an ass, uh, one step above an intern, like assistant job. We run out of people. Like, There's not that, that many that people. That's my point because our town's not big enough. And, you know, the person may go on to be president of the United States. It should. The yeah. trajectory may be awesome. But my point is, is. And look, this is as a top 40 under 40. But then they have like. Winner. But then they have like a CEO of like some other, this like 38, and is actually like making a million dollars over here. And they're on the same little like panel together. And I'm like, okay, you know, nice people, but the dude's. 24 first job and like might you know volunteer for the united <laughs> way and then you got this lady over here who's running her own business startup doing awesome and they're on the same like recognition level and i'm like no uh, no I, this is probably gonna be the jerkiest thing i've said no. but i was really excited but somebody made money off advertising it because yeah. then the company they work for has to buy an ad in the publication and then and then the vendors and let me give you a little secret that josh said i was also a 40 under 40 so i fell for the trap Oh, yeah, well, fell well, for it. Is, you're not going to not accept the I thing. I completely fell for it, though. John and my wife colluded to fill out my form to surprise me because I was pissed from the year before because I got passed over. And you get to see all the jack wagons that get it when you don't. Yeah. You're just like, come home, man. And then I really? got it, and really? I went and I went to the dinner or the lunch. Here's a few things that happened because this is just <laughs> this is like a – so just so you, if you don't know me very well, if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, my life is Larry David's life. I'm not as much of a jerk as he is normally, but it's basically like if, like all the things that you're like that never happens. Oh, it or, does. It happens. Oh, I've I've been there for most of them. Yeah. So I got to talk. I'm like, who's the who's Larry David's buddy in it? Oh, uh, kinda, Jeff. Yeah, I'm pretty much. You're the not Jeff. him because he he's in trouble for some stuff. Well, not in real life. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Of course. I not. thought you were him. Of course not. In I real thought life. you were this new secret. No. But, <laughs> but um, I go and I sit at this table with like basically what John, I mean, I've had all my own business for like eight years at this point. And it's like assistant to the regional assistant manager. Assistant to the assistant to the regional manager just graduated and look, college for two years ago. I am not knocking them. So if you're like, God, what a jerk. Like it was just kind of jarring for that to be like, I'm, we're all the oh, same you're level. you're looking over someone being like, I didn't hire that person. It, that happened. And and they're getting the same award you are, yeah. and they're getting it because they filled out an application yeah. well. And so, and so what happens is I get a, the, the, the organizer, which is a publishing company, of course, for the event comes up and says, hey, Josh, we've got a problem. Oh, I love this. I know where this is going. <laughs> And I said, oh, well, what's that? And they said, uh, they got your name wrong on your plaque. It's actually, it and says. whose name was on there? John. Let's jo go. John Mabel. Let's go. So which I is a running joke in my life. Oh. And she was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I mean, I drove like three hours to be at the city where they did the announcement. I was like, well, I guess nobody can read it. Just take the picture with the 
plaque you've got and send me a new one. The funny thing is, so I have a John Mabus plaque in my office, like literally right across from my desk to, it's to keep my ego down, which obviously isn't working very much. Or to much. tell a good story when someone walks in and says, why does it say John Mabus? Nobody's ever, nobody's ever, nobody goes to my office anymore. I mean, post-COVID, like. A ginormous wasp just flew right by his head. It did. That's weird. Anyway, go ahead. Thawed out. <laughs> so the next year, <laughs> we were expanding our business as Mabus Agency into another town. And this business journal was like, hey, I want a place. I want to do about a $26,000 contract a year, which is really big for them. Not, not the biggest thing, but I mean, it was big for them. And here's the deal. I wouldn't sign the agreement to start it until they got me my plaque that said Josh Famous. And they got super mad at me. <laughs> like, they were like, why? They couldn't, like, really? So you couldn't go to a trophy store or whatever they did and buy the plaque? They got the it because it's in there hanging right under John Mabus. that to you? Like, sorry, that, that's a two-day turnaround. I know because I buy participation trophies for all my kids when they play park and rec sports, and I know how quickly you can turn a plaque they around. They weren't a good partner. Sounds like they were a little less of a vendor Yeah. than anything. Yeah. Don't really have much to tell you to go do. Figure this out. Sit with that question. Ask that as, you, as you're meeting with, these, with, with the people that are obviously trying to sell you. Again, don't be surprised when the hot dog vendor tries to sell you a hot dog that's beneficial I mean, that's to them. That's what you want. Then buy it. Then buy it. When I go to New York City, I promise you, I'm getting me a Sabrettes or five. Hey, I will give a product shout out here. Social assurance. We needed a social media tracking Inter thing. Platform. Platform thing, interface, and some of the other stuff they did. Well, you've got. Because our previous vendor was going out of business. They did. They oh, shut it down. Huh. Didn't yeah. know that. Oh, they wrapped it into. Yeah. Well, no, they, they quit. They, they, yeah. they killed it. They sunset they that product. Yeah. And so we did— And also because you needed an improvement. Yes, uh, uh, all that. Yeah. And I knew the people that worked there, and, I, and they were friends of mine and contacts and relationships of mine before I even— Ben Pankinen is literally one of the best people he's in the, He's marketing. on the, the kindness Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. His picture's on it. Yeah. Anyway, point being, it wasn't something we needed to go through 16 interviews and go visit with them because, you know why? Because we're in the industry. We know what we want. We know what we need. We went and got it. And so my point is to that is if you need a vendor or a partner and you know what you need, stop all the contractual Due 16 times. I mean, you should already know. Who, my point of experience of having over more than 20 years of experience in the industry is know, who, know, the, know the players, know who they are, and know what you want. Because, and I say this, and it's like, oh, he's being, and, but he's being pretentious and whatever, but like, it's rare, and I've told you this, it's rare that something comes along that you haven't at least heard of, or you actually know the people that work there. I love when my bankers come to me and they're like, have you heard of this company? I'm like, oh yeah, I know Jim, he's a CEO, we've been to marketing conferences, I know him through ABA, I know yeah. him through, you know, ICBA, whatever it is, I know him, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, we'll use him or we don't, and half the time I'm like, yeah, we're waiting for the right time to implement this, yeah. this vendor. Yeah, it makes sense. And so, point is, it, it's just well, it as a company that, me the as a FOMO company, that drives it out. There. By the way, I will say this: I said my email address earlier. Do not email me if you have an RFP because we're an anti, we don't participate in RFPs. Putting the vendor through the that's we we are a we want a true partner, and then you're asking five people to send you a, their plan for free with no investment. That's not a partner move. I'm no, just telling you. That's called thievery. Yeah, because you know you're going to take the best ideas someone offers, and you, you should. Use them. But you should hire the best idea too. But like, 
RFPs, like we don't go chase new business at the expense of the, we would have to take time away from the people trusting us and paying us to do it. It just never made sense morally or ethically to me. I, but I've got many moral and ethical proclivities that others don't agree with. <laughs> well, we don't like RFPs either, but we have to do them sometimes. Yeah, Same well, I mean, the thing is, an institution your size, I mean, I like the RFP. It keeps other vendors out. It's tough. It's tough. When you have a really hard contractual process, sometimes it abates progress. Prevents it, at least. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Probably We've bad, done about as much damage. <laughs> as much. If you've listened this long and hear the train in the background and have had the wasp fly by and heard us just ramble about stuff today, um, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, send us a question. Look us up on LinkedIn or on the website, www.marketingmoneypodcast.com. Yeah. Send us a question. Send yeah. us something to talk about. Interact with us. You know what? We took a big hiatus. We may just abandon the whole damn thing if you don't interact with us. Hey, and we might. Like, Thank God. Yeah. I can get a lot of free time back. Hey, we've had a couple people show up with like podcasts that aren't quite as good as ours. Yeah, and they're getting great rankings. Yeah. Number one on top notch top golf. Just number one. What's <laughs> that ranking? Top something. I don't know. Top gear. Top, top, top gear. <laughs> Something ranking, ranking podcast that you've never heard of. And they're like, we're number one. I'm like, I'm I've the never. number. I'm the no, look, I get emails all the time that I'm the number one web develop web development company in a city we don't even serve. <laughs> Do you want to keep your ranking? Oh. We just ranked you. Pay us for this badge. Oh my gosh. No thanks. Yeah. Anyway. But thank you for listening, really. Hey, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Until next time. Thank you for being here. Be cool. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.